0: Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 46, part two of our interview with Roger Allard. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to carsyad.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars, plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to carsyad.com, click on the free book button on the homepage, and download your filler up book today. It's free at carsyad.com. So, Roger, welcome back to part two of this amazing story about the Allard Motor Car Company. What I want to do now is take a look at the roads you've driven down and really crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty. Would you share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced that really pushed you to that breaking point? But more importantly, how did you overcome that situation and what did you learn from it?
1: Well, as you know, getting into the type of business that I'm in now is that uh, you have a huge hill to climb when it comes to regulatory uh, acceptance and because I was aiming for a high standard it was important in my business plan to uh, aim globally so I had to be cognizant of um, not only North American standards but also European and Asian standards and that that was quite a challenge and uh, I've had so many people try to discourage me of going any further because it just it is a complex road to follow. That's one aspect. The other aspect, which is uh, equally difficult, is the whole question of financing. I, I keep running across a number of people who have great products and great ideas, and but they just don't have the, uh, the money behind it. One of the real challenges that I had at a point is that I had to rely on my engineering to a third party, which had a, a stellar reputation for you know, converting Uh, factory cars from GM into the sporty version of them. More specifically, changing the Camaro to the Camaro SS, the Firebird to the Firehawk. They had built some 55,000 cars. I was having the engineering done with them and the body parts and that sort of thing, and to make a a long story short is that they, once the Camaro uh, plant uh, ended here, it was manufactured here in Montreal, um, they had a number of other customers that came on board uh, to build a number of other vehicles. And I was part of that group, not being particularly a, a financial person. I um, found myself in a situation where <clears throat> their, their efforts failed. They went bankrupt. And all of my stuff, jigs, moles, everything else was within their, physically within their facility. And when the bailiff came to close things up, I was really in a quandary as to, you know, because I was just getting started. I had one car made, and uh, this could have been the end of it all. And I had a lot of people who just said, you know, you should just walk away from it. And I decided, look, the the business model is there. The the marketing studies that I had done, and this is an important thing to do in terms of getting something started, which many people forget to do. But everybody told me that there was a market, there was a good business case to be made, and so I just rolled up my sleeves at that point and I, it was a very difficult time to go through to uh, reclaim what the property that I that I owned uh, legitimately owned and get it out of that, uh, that circus of trustees and, and, and liquidators and all that sort of thing and then to find a, uh, an engineering firm that uh, could continue the work that they had they had started so all to say that you know you could have the best idea in the world, there are a number of factors that follow you around that if you don't master them either directly or through some allies or some other support that you might have um, legal financial marketing or otherwise you're running the risk of um, you know significant failure so it's it's a matter of you know really believing in your idea, but more than that, I think it's a matter of having figures that substantiate your enthusiasm and your resolve to go ahead because um, everyone has a good idea and it's always the best idea in the world. But if other people don't sign into it and don't uh, agree with your idea, uh, you'll be an orphan pretty quickly.
0: Very well said and thank you for sharing that very personal story. It's a wonderful inspiration to people who are trying to build their own company, their own ideas and get started or in their middle of something and they face a huge, huge challenge, which you did and I love the fact that you rolled up your sleeves and fought through and because you believed in what you were doing. And here we sit today producing cars. That was really great. Thank you. Roger, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum and share a story with our listeners. When you had a real aha moment with your company that time when you realized that your idea and your concept really was going to make it, tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success.
1: Well, I had uh, <clears throat> the privilege, I guess, of um, taking my car, zero, my J2X Mark 2001, mm-hmm. and I was taking it to my uh, customer who was in, uh, in Arizona, in Sedona. I took a little detour on the way down <clears throat> And I arrived at the door of uh, Che Leno. Um, Oh, the big dog garage. Yep. Unbeknownst to him, because I arrived, um, I guess through, you can say, the back door. (laughs) And um, he was arriving at 9.30 in the morning, and I was there very early through some contacts. And I um, was touring around, waiting for him to come into his for his 9.30 appointment. He, uh, the part car was just parked there outside and I was inside and he arrived and he walked around the car and looked at it and says, oh my God, this is, this is an Allard j And x Who's is it? Who's is it? And so I stepped forward and introduced myself and he knew everything about that car, about the history, about the, you know, the mechanics of it, everything else. He just knew it. So he just grabbed his cell phone Called up his production crew and says, "Get down here in 15 minutes. I've got something really cool here that I want to I want to do something with."
0: Oh my gosh! What a fortuitous <laughs> situation!
1: <laughs> so he pulled it into the the you know into his one of his garages, one of his uh, hangers, and slapped a mic on me, and uh, we got right into an interview. And uh, then he took it up for his classic uh, road test and everything else. He was he was really smitten by this thing. He just thought it was you know the way the whole approach to it, the way it was done. And of course, it's uh, it's featured on the front page of my website. And uh, that was um, to get his validation that this hit the mark was one of my ah moments. And um, it's it's really served me well. A similar thing occurred and uh, being a, I guess a, a form of vintage racer, maybe you still are, but uh, I had uh, car number two down on uh, a track in Summit Point, West Virginia. It was a Jefferson 500 and uh, the chairman, the honorary chairman of the event was uh, Brian Redmond. Now, I don't know if you know Brian Redman, but Brian is, a, is a, an eight-time Le Mans uh, racer, uh, raced for the Porsche factory, raced a number of countless number of other cars he won sebring three times daytona twice he was at the wheel of my car for the entire weekend doing uh, pace car and safety car and had a few runs around himself and i was riding shotgun on the radio for um, safety car and he he turned around at the end of the weekend gave me the keys back and said you know if i work such an advanced age i'd like to be your dealer (laughs) this is absolutely fabulous so all along i've got endorsements from key people without you know, soliciting them in in any specific you know preordained way, but just people who have driven the car and appreciate what I'm doing. And the ultimate one, really, uh, this, well, these are I don't mm-hmm. don't uh, water down these the effect of these two. But the other one was the um, engineer for Sydney alert who is uh, alive, kicking, and really good health. Uh, he came to an Allard Owner's Reunion in uh, Watkins Glen. I don't know if you know the Watkins Glen, the original track. There's a a six-and-a-half-mile circuit that starts in town and goes through the countryside and over railway tracks and everything else. So he um, got on board with me and asked me for a a tour around the old track. So I took him. I gave him a a white-knuckle ride around the track. And I noticed that when we came over the railway track, and it's legendary, that it was critical that you hit that railway track the right way because you were airborne so being in the passenger seat looking at the speedometer in front of him he has a chicken bar next to it he took the to put us as we approached it he hung on to the chicken bar he was <laughs> expecting the worst well, as it turned out we just went boom, over and he looked at me with big wide eyes and said, i don't believe what you just did you know he said can we do it again <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> now there's a testament
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, he went back to England and wrote up a comparison between the G2X and the G2X Mark II. He is hes one of my best ambassadors um, because, you know, he's a guy who, he put those cars together. He engineered those cars for Sidney Howard and, um, you know, for racing and everything else. So uh, that brings an awful lot of credibility to the, to the Mark II that I have. So these were, I guess, I don't have a single aha moment, but these are three aha moments that I think are significant in the uh, you know going forward and in the success of the car.
0: Oh yes, absolutely. And the validation from a true collector like Jay Leno and a true racer like Redmond and the the guy that was working on the original cars. I mean, I don't see how you could have done any better. So those are fantastic aha moments. What a what a special treat for you. It Must have just been magical. Every moment for sure, and just absolutely especially uh going over that railroad track with uh with that gentleman next to you and his eyes so big and the grin on his face, what a wonderful experience, <laughs> yeah, could you tell us, Roger, about your first very special car that you've had in your life, maybe share some special memories or moments you had with that
1: well, you might raise an eyebrow, but my the one that is memorable, and I haven't had a, an extensive number of cars in, in my life. I've been basically driving trucks and hauling things around. The one that is that I find is remarkable in my in my lifetime is uh, a car that I had for about uh, three four years, and it was a Mazda RX3. That rotary motor was just just blew me away. I, I since then I've been looking and I'm wondering why somebody hasn't come back with that you know, the good rotary motor, because uh, boy, the torque that that thing had, it was just unbelievable. Not a spectacular car, it was, uh, you know, it was a daily driver type of thing, but it is one car that I've really, um, really enjoyed driving. Yeah. And uh, like I said, uh, you know, everything else has been, you know, it's just um, it just, it does the job. You know? Sure. Uh, I'm still waiting to build my own j 2X Mark II. <laughs> Mm -hmm. because as we finish them, uh, the customers are just chomping at the bit to get their hands on them. So I haven't had a chance to slide one in for myself yet, but that, uh, hopefully in the coming years. So that's top of my list.
0: That day day will come, that day will come. Uh, How about seller's remorse? Uh, And maybe it is that massive, but is there a vehicle that you've sold in the past that you really wished you had back?
1: For a very short period of time, um, I had a, uh, a Haley 3000. Oh, and um uh, I had it for a very short period of time., uh, I was actually buying it. It was going to be my first official sports car i was I was going to sell off my big motorcycle and and buy this. I was the owner for a very, very short period of time, and that was uh, this was this Healy was fully equipped he was at uh, kind of that silver blue, oh, yeah, kind of iron blue. It had all the fog lamps and everything else on it. It was and it had a, actually had a set of roll bars in it. I lent it to someone one night. We were coming back from the from the hop on a, on a Saturday night and um he um, put it into a ditch and rolled it. Oh no. And uh, it slid for a few hundred feet before hitting a culvert and it bent in two.
0: So oh. it wasn't
1: it wasn't fixable. Oh. So that's that's my remorse. That's the one that I want it and uh, if ever someday I come across one I will I will get another one oh just for for memory's sake
0: I'm sure you will those cars hold a special place in in my heart as well I really love the way those cars look and uh, definitely it's on my bucket list so what a sad story what a sad story <laughs> is there a current project that you're working on right now maybe it's a car you guys are building for somebody that really has you excited and fired up well,
1: actually, I'll give you a premiere. its It's a very hot item right now, is that I uh, mentioned earlier that there's a, the market wants a hard top. If you know Virgil Exner, and uh, Virgil Exner was the designer who uh, did all the 1950s and 60s Chryslers with the, uh, the wings, uh, big tail fins, and, and all that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, well, his son, Virgil Exner Jr., worked with him alongside that. Now, he's retired. Now, he and I are working on a a very lightweight, removable hardtop for the car. I met him last weekend at the Concourse of America in uh, Michigan, and uh, we went over the car again, and he's provided me with some sketches of of a top uh, that wouldn't uh, obviously detract from the basic car, but would be functional and and blend in nicely with the car. And I think we're coming up with something that will be really cool and functional. So the basis of it will be like a basically a t-top. It will be lightweight, so you can take the whole top off if you want. But it will have two panels like a target style that you can take the panel off the driver and the passenger side, slip them in the trunk um, on a blue sky day. And if you see clouds ahead, you just slap these things back on and be on your way. You could remove the whole thing, but it will require a full width windshield up and wipers and, and spritzers as uh, regulations uh, require them. But that's uh, that's a major project that uh, that we're actually working on now. And uh, we have a number of customers who are ready to go.
0: Oh, wow. Well, I can't wait to see it.
1: The other one is, uh, and it's, it's just, this has come solely from my own gut and my own heart, is, uh, uh, is a track version, a dedicated track version. I'd like to see a grid of J2X Mark II someday. We have um, our cars, each one of our cars, before they go out, we never deliver a car with zero uh, miles on them. I take them on the track, and I do anywhere from 25 to 50 miles on the track, sideways, backwards, donuts, everything, just to shake it out. <laughs> um, tough job. Yes. But uh, somebody's got to do it.
0: Oh, but, yes. <laughs>
1: uh, I think there's, you know, we've uh, our chassis is designed for performance. Uh, it's tubular. It's um, independent suspension front and back, of course. Inboard brakes on the back. Uh, We have uh, two roll bars in the cowling behind the instrument panel. We have two roll bars over our fuel tank. We have impact bars in the doors. The external uh, roll uh, roll bars that we have are Dome 35 FIA-approved. They're gusseted into the chassis, steel floors, and uh, so we add some cutoff switches, some fire equipment, and um, we're set to go. um, But I'd like to make uh, some that are really just dedicated for the track that are not uh, street-legal.
0: Oh, that sounds awesome.
1: But that's when I don't talk too much uh, about because uh, other people don't want me on the track. So (laughs) I'm having too much fun.
0: (laughs) Well, sounds like it'd be a wonderful project. And having race vintage cars myself and been around the vintage racing world a lot and seeing those the real history cars running at different racetracks, that'd be pretty cool to see those things back out on the track. So I hope that comes true for you. That's great. Now, here's an interesting question. And I maybe I know how you're going to answer this, but you might surprise <laughs> us. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be, and why?
1: Wow, yeah, that is a tough one. And I think that <clears throat> given the amount of time and energy I've put into essentially redesigning the J Two X Mark II, I think it um, I, I, I fit into it like a like a glove. It's 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 become part of me. I. Put on so many miles on the uh, on the J2X Mark II that it's um, I almost feel part of it, and um, so it no, it doesn't surprise you that I would say that uh, this is this is the car that you know fits me for sure. That, I, that, that it is me. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, fr- fr- from the name tag on the front to the name tag on the back.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think your answer to that question is probably the most true blue that I've heard so far, and it. It sometimes trips people up and they pick an answer that fits the car they like. But in your case, you are an Allard through and through. (laughs) That's great. So, Roger, here's a fun part of our talk. I call it the last lap. And being a guy who is used to being out on the track, you know what that means. The white flag is out. This is where I fire off a series of questions. And you give our listeners some quick blips of the throttle answers. So, are you ready to go? Yep. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received
1: don't own what you can't drive
0: (laughs) yes the throttle goes both ways right (laughs) exactly exactly a lot
1: of people over you know they spend all that money and time to get into a lambo or whatever it's pathetic it's pathetic for the designer of the lambo as it is for for you know those aficionados who you know drive something you enjoy
0: Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely would you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success?
1: I would say that um, patience, humility, and the ability to listen.
0: Mm. Yes. I think
1: listening is, is a very important uh, thing, and I don't run off you know, shouting about my car. It doesn't fit it. I've actually discouraged some people from buying my car because I didn't, felt, didn't feel that it fit, it fit the person the personality, uh, the expectations were different than what I'm delivering. And so I'm honest. I just, you know, I listen to what they, they are aspiring to. I listen to the marketplace, and I try to deliver what
0: fits, Perfect. what I want. Perfect. I think listening is a skill that is probably the most important skill for most people in the world. It's a key to communication, so that's wonderful. Do you have a resource that you would share with our listeners that you're really fond of? Perhaps something, a website or a forum or a blog that you get regularly.
1: One I enjoy; it uh, keeps me uh, gives me some perspective. Is uh, that uh, the Vintage um, Vintage Racing uh, uh, blog, um, which comes out, I think it's weekly, um, but it's it's an honest assessment of what is going on. I have I have a, a course of. I'm towards the vintage uh, segment of the market. They have a, a very straightforward, honest approach to it. I think that that's, that is one sort of blog site that I uh, use a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one called Concept Cars, which is a uh, basically a, a good database of every model that was ever made. And it's well well uh, photographed. They only use accent photographs. Sometimes it's a reference point. Uh, that uh, is very valuable
0: to me. Mm-hmm. Would you repeat the the name of that first blog that you get? Was it? Is it just titled Vintage Cars? Uh, I think it's called the Vintage Racing League. Oh, Vintage Racing League. Okay, great. Well, yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. Good, yeah. perfect. Is there a book that you've recently read, Roger, that you'd like to share with our listeners that you really enjoyed? I have two books. Great. Uh,
1: one is um, Bert Levy's. Yeah, the, the last open road.
0: <laughs> well, Bert is gonna. Bert is gonna be on the show uh, on Sunday, so I look forward to talking with him. He's quite a character.
1: Yeah, you know, he likes my cars. We know each other, and uh, I've been promoting his book. It's it's a fun read.
0: Oh yeah, Physio's Garage. <laughs> yep,
1: yep. Um, the other one, which is uh, I find re- is equally amusing, is uh, Bill Pollock, Bill Pollock is one of the winningest Allard racers. Uh, well, Racers, period, on the West Coast. Uh, Bill Pollock is still uh, around and kicking, but he wrote a book, which is rather interesting. It's called uh, Red Wheels and Sidewalls, Confessions of an Allard Racer. Oh, wow. Bill drove a car that whipped the butt off people like Phil Hill and Mason Gregory and a whole bunch of others. And uh, the foreword is done by Carol Shelby, so he's in a good league. Oh yeah, but, uh, Bill Pollock is a, quite a character. He's a jovial guy, uh, not really a mechanically inclined guy, but he has great anecdotes. He's a great storyteller, and uh, his book is filled with all sorts of interesting anecdotes of the period. You can see why well, these guys these guys are crazy, <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know.
1: The, the racing of those in, the, in that era is is phenomenal. I mean, the risks that these guys took were phenomenal. But, oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a good read. Um, it's light and uh, very entertaining.
0: Oh, great. Well, I want to remind our listeners that you can find links to all these great resources that Roger has shared with us today at com slash Roger Allard. And, Roger, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curve here. This is a new question for Cars Yeah!, My good friend and one of our interviewees, Diane Brandon, who's a judge at Pebble Beach Concours, suggested that I ask people this, so I think it'll be kind of fun, so let's give it a shot, okay? Okay. Do you have an interesting hobby outside of your passion for cars?
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm a a scuba diver.
0: Oh, wow.
1: I particularly like, I have a penchant for uh, wreck diving and shark diving. Wow. Old cage. (laughs) <laughs> um, also, um, photography is, uh, is a, is a passion of mine. Um, uh, not just cars, it's, mm-hmm. um, photography. Great. And, uh, I'm an old, um, I'm an old, I'm an old skydiver. I've, uh, I packed it in at, uh, 849 jumps.
0: Oh my gosh. So I was,
1: always uh, for six or seven years, I was known as the Bardall Flyer. I was putting on shows at all the motor events and motor regattas and snowmobile races and whatnot. So, uh, so these are all passions that i
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, that, you know, I'm going to have to thank Diane right here because uh, she suggested I throw that in. She said, you know what? Car people are really interesting, and they have another life outside of their cars. And from shark diving to photography to skydiving, oh, my gosh, you are a man of adventure for sure. (laughs) That's great. Life
1: is short. You pedal to the metal, and you don't look in the rearview
0: mirror. You definitely live that credo. That's fantastic. All right, Roger, we're up to the checkered flag. You know what that means. We're almost at the end of the race here. Roger, this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, something that you couldn't sell to buy any other cars with, and money was no object, what would that car be, and why did you choose it?
1: <laughs> well, <clears throat> I've already told you that I I, I am the LRG2X, but if I had... Uh, Car to choose? I would probably choose the Austin Healey three thousand or the three thousand Healey 100S s. Um, is that uh, because it, it it created such an impression on me when I first saw it, and the sound just gives me goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. That's. Um, burned on the money or whatever, that's probably the car that I would like to have in
0: my garage. Ah, wonderful. Do you have a favorite color combination for that car? Uh, That's steel blue. Steel blue, yep, of course. Beautiful color. That's great. Well, Roger, you've taken us on an incredible journey here today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. Thank you for sharing your journey with us. Would you please give our listeners one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Austin Healey? And then let us know what's the best way for everyone to learn more about Allard Motor Cars.
1: Well, I would just say, just with respect to cars, you know, follow your instinct and do what what resonates with you. Um, don't listen to the others around you. Just do what your gut tells you to do. And um, if you would like to um, savor the, the lusciousness of our, uh, what I would say. Uh, erotic looking car with all the curves um, you <laughs> can find us on dollar uh, 2 xcom um, you can call me at uh, toll-free 877 g2x 1953 you can look on Facebook we're there and uh, we uh, I think the uh, we have probably the highest wow factor of any bar none because I've seen it many times and uh, people are lined up when you see a lineup of Exotic car somewhere, and I drive in. The crowd just leaves and comes around. The yeah, G2X—it's phenomenal. But uh, I'm not—I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you the way it is.
0: Yeah. And, uh, well, savor the lusciousness. I think you put it really well. Because it, for those listeners that have not seen one of these cars, go to his website, check them out. Absolutely delicious. They are. They are very, very special automobiles. And I'll remind our listeners: you can find again the links to everything that. Roger is so generously shared with us today at carsyad.com slash Roger Allard. Just type Roger into the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. Thank you, Roger, for being so generous with us. Your time today, your expertise, and sharing your stories with us. It's been a really wonderful journey. Until we talk again, we'll see you down the road. Very well, then. Thank you very much for the opportunity. You bet.